These words we find in uh, Mark, the fourth chapter, the 21st through the 25th verses. I don't know if you've ever noticed that these follow uh, the parable of the sower with the different soils. And he tells us that the seed is the word of God. It's the gospel in particular, the good news that God has for all of us. And uh, then it goes on, he talks about a lamp being hidden or whether it's going to be put up somewhere. And I don't know if you've even, if you've ever noticed this, he's not talking about the light in your own personal life. He's talking about the gospel. What do you do with it? Is it just a private thing or is it something that uh, you're supposed to put out and share so that other people can benefit from it too? And then he goes on. But the, what we're talking about today is managing God's word. I guess just to sum it all up, when we believe that God has spoken something to our hearts, it's our responsibility to manage that word, to take care of that word. You see, the better we manage the resources that God gives us, the more we'll have to manage. Uh, And we're going to talk about this more. For whoever has to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. Now, we talked about this several Sundays ago. God's word is to be cherished. And I love that word, cherish. It means to hold dear that something is precious. Uh, but uh, whenever something is inanimate, you cherish it, you manage it, you take care of it in a certain way. If you cherish something, you want to guard it, you want to maintain it and take care of it. But when you cherish something that's alive, you have to take care of it in a different way. It has to be nurtured. It has to be uh, uh, just, just watched over. You cannot neglect something that's alive and have it be what it ought to be and stay the way that it should stay. House plants, for instance. Some of you may have a real good track record with house plants. And some of you probably have black thumbs because you just haven't really cherished those plants. You just put them there and you forget about them, don't you? Uh, You just don't pay enough attention to them. And something that is living has to have attention paid to it. And it doesn't matter if it's a house plant or a dog or a cat or your spouse or children in your relationships. You have to look after and manage and take care of a relationship. It's not going to take care of itself. I remember a guy saying, I read where he said long ago that, uh, you know, my wife said, I just have two faults. One of them is not listening, and the other something else kind of like that. <laughs> and that tells you something about that guy's relationship, doesn't it? 
Do you think that he, obviously, he does not cherish her words. He's not cherishing the relationship, is he? He's not paying attention enough to it to even hear what his wife is saying. And I'm not trying to step on any toes today, guys, but uh, I just want you to know that uh, relationships take work. Now then, there's one, the question I want you to really ask yourself this morning is, am I really handling God's spoken word properly? God gives you his spoken word in connection with and as a result of your having a relationship with him. And as you know, one of the biggest things in relationships is communication. And part of communication is really listening to the other person and putting weight on their words. It tells us in the Bible that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word, his printed word and his spoken word is a living word and it must be attended. It must be listened to. It must be given proper attention. And I'm afraid that a lot of people, when it comes to how they listen to God, it's about like that, that poor fellow listens to his wife. Not hardly much at all, just enough to get a little bit of it. Like he knew something wasn't right. He had a couple of problems. He's probably thinking, that's pretty good just too, you know. But uh, the first thing I want us to look at in managing God's word is manage what you hear. Manage what you hear. In Matthew thirteen ten, beginning with verse 10, it says, uh, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. And then it says, For whoever has... To him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. The question that comes out, do you realize what you have? Do you really realize what you have when God speaks to you? You have words of life. You have words that are going to uh, help you to have the best possible life. And sometimes people just don't realize what they have when they hear the voice of the Lord. Some of them it reminds me of my uh, an associate I had in Marshall. When he was just moving in, he uh, was settling, setting down, settling down in his, uh, in his study that had been provided for him. I was walking down the hall. And I looked over and uh, he was using his computer for a doorstop. To him, that's all a computer was good for. It was a great statement that he made there, uh, but it was just in the way. So let's put it to good use. 
So he was using it to hold his door open. And that's, I'm afraid, that's about the what some people do with God's word. They don't realize what a difference it could make in their lives if they would use it properly, if they would embrace it. And instead, they just put it out as a doorstop. And uh, Now, he did not do God's word that way. Let me tell you that. He was a godly man. But uh, in Matthew 25, 28 through uh, 29, we read this same passage in a different way. Let me, it's in Matthew 25, 28 through 29. Therefore, and you know the story of the, the, the servants and the talents. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. Same words in a different context. But you see, there's a spiritual principle there of uh, if you have, more will be given. But part of having is realizing what you have. If you don't realize what you have, you don't really have what it is. This guy had a computer, but he didn't really realize what it was. He didn't realize what a difference it could make to his work and anything like that. And so he didn't benefit from it. You're not going to benefit from God's word if you don't know what it is. And if you don't know what it is and you pay no attention to it, then if you never speak to speak to somebody or pay attention to what they say, they'll probably quit talking to you, right? Well, it's the same with God. He's a gentleman. He's not going to keep on jabbering to people that don't want to hear what he has to say. And even though you'll hear his words, they just go over your head. So, so far, he's talked about parables and he's talked about uh, how to manage money. How to, and he's talking about how to manage our lives in all of this. And then in Mark 4, 13 through 25, and Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which was, had been sown in them. In a similar way, these are those ones, are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. So uh, you've got uh, one where the seed is, uh, is sown in a hard place, a hard heart. That's, they're not even going to receive the word. See, it just kind of just bounces off of them. And then the second one, it's got some cracks, some it's rocky though. And uh, their hearts are occupied with other things and not receptive to the word. And then others are the ones on whom the seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things 
enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. You see, other things took priority. They heard it, they received it, and it started to grow. But then they saw other things as being more important. They had no real faith. Their faith wasn't really in the word that they received from God. Their faith was more in the thorny things, other things taking from them. And uh, this was, and he was saying to them, oh, says, and, let's see, I'm, I'm going to, but the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entered in and choke the word, it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones on whom the seed was sown in good soil. These are the people that know what they're receiving when they hear God's word and they receive it into good hearts that want to grow and thrive. And, uh, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. They accept God's word and they bear fruit. 30, 60, and a hundredfold. And then he goes on, and that's whatever he says. He was saying to them, a lamp is not brought to be put under a basket. You're not supposed to use a lamp in different ways, are you? You're supposed to do the right thing with it. And you're supposed to do the right thing with God's word. Do you see that? For nothing is hidden except it be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, if you have ears that are like good soil, let him hear. And if you don't, you're like these other kinds of soil. and It's not going to make any difference to you anyway. That's basically what Jesus is saying there. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. You need to govern what you pay attention to. You can hear something and not really listen to it. For take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you and more will be given you besides. So what is that standard? What is the standard, do you think? I'm going to tell you what the standard is. You may not have ever thought about this before. The standard by which you're supposed to receive the word of God is trust and faith. If you're not using that standard when you hear the word of God, you're not going to get anything from it. If you're looking at it askance, if you're looking at it sideways, it's not going to be of any benefit to you. So take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. As you receive, you will receive more. And here's that that phrase again, for whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. And so this principle, this phrase here, it applies to time, to money, to our life itself. Uh, it, uh, I have a friend that uh, uh, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he was such a hard worker in the church. He was a traveling salesman that had a territory that covered Oklahoma and Arkansas and, and Texas. And, and yet when there was a project to be done at the church, he was there. And I asked him one time, I said, you know, I know that 
that you're a busy man. How do you pull this off? He said, well, you know, a long time ago, I started tithing and God blessed me. And I saw that if I would really give a tithe to the Lord, he was faithful in keeping his promise. And it dawned on me, he's given me more than money. He's given me time. And I need to be tithing my time. So he tithed his time to the church and to the Lord. And he found time and made time. Just like we need to find the money to pay our tithe. He found the time. And he said, you know, I've never been disappointed. You know, he made plenty of money. He had plenty of time to get done what he needed to do. Jesus taught that we must heed what we hear. We will hear more if we handle well what we do hear. But if you handle it in the wrong way, you're going to even lose what you've heard and not understand it at all. Also, if we don't steward the words that God gives us, then even what we have is going to be taken away. God is speaking all the time, but we need to listen. We need to get on the right frequency, as we said at the beginning of this series. We need to tune in to hear his voice, not all the other voices on all the other channels all around us. You see, Satan is also trying to speak to us. And, uh, you know, and the, you know where this began was in the Garden of Eden. There was more than one voice in the garden, wasn't there? There was the voice of God and there was the voice of Satan. And they chose to listen to the wrong voice. They chose to heed the wrong words. They didn't pay attention to what they listened to. And they chose to believe the wrong voice. And Jesus warns us here to be very careful what we hear and how we take care of what we hear. The next thing we're told is learn, will you manage how you hear? What you hear, then how you hear. Uh, In uh, Luke 8.18, it says, So take care how you listen. There, now you have it's a commandment from God. See, take care how you listen. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away from him. Now then, in James 4, 6 through 7, it says, But he gives a greater grace... Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then he says, submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So he says that he gives uh, grace to the humble, but he is opposed to the proud. Uh, I don't know if you ever thought about this, that whenever you're Whenever you're proud, it's pride, let's face it, in relation to God that caused Adam and Eve to fall. They thought they could be equal to God. 
they thought that they could handle the same things. They could handle the knowledge of good and evil, and they could not. And so they uh, wound up choosing to listen to the wrong voice, and it's pride that caused them to start listening to the wrong voice. And whenever you get proud and you start trying to listen to God from a prideful viewpoint in life, you're listening to him from a standpoint that he cannot stand. Uh, he, uh, he says that uh, that's one of the things that he hates is a, is a, is a proud look and a haughty heart. He just doesn't like those things at all. And this puts you in opposition to God. And this is important because you see, he gives grace to the humble. He's going to help you if you come before him in humility. And he'll give you things that you don't think that you can handle. It's like in a, in a ball game. Uh, and God says, okay, we're on the same team now. And so uh, here's the ball. I want you to take it and run with it. And you may say, oh, no, 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 no. Those guys are too big. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to make any, any distance. So you just do what I tell you to do. You take the ball and run with it. And you say, okay. And then you take off with God leading the way. And whatever big thing comes along, it gets knocked out of the way. And uh, you wind up making a touchdown. Isn't that cool? And oh man, so you do that a few more times. And then uh, and you say, okay, here, I'm going to give you the ball now. Now follow me. He said, oh, no, no, Lord, I've, I got this now. I can handle this on my own now. I've, I've, I've got it. You see, you get haughty, you get proud. And then you say, I, I got it this time. And then the Lord, he's a gentleman, right? So he says, okay. And he gets around on the other side of the line. And he says, come on. All of a sudden, you see, you're on opposite teams. When you become proud, he opposes you. And that's important to know that uh, you become God's enemy whenever your heart is prideful. And if you listen to the things of God with a prideful heart, you're going to be you're going to find yourself at enmity with God. Because you're going to hear Satan saying, he doesn't want you to have any fun. He doesn't want you to get the best out of life. He's just trying to trick you and keep you. He's ruining your life. You could be having so much fun right now. You could you could have so much more money if you just do it this way. There's so many times that he will tell you things that you know that God doesn't want you to do. And so uh, this is him. So heed what you hear. Listen to it. That's the next thing. And so, so let's see here. What do we have so far? What we hear, how we hear. And then the last one, heed what you hear. Really understand. Try to understand. Pay attention to what you hear. And he was saying to them, this is in Mark 4.24, take care what you listen to. And then it says, by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you and more will be given to you. Besides, well, I, I touched on this earlier. Your standard of measure when it comes to hearing what God is telling you is faith. Who is it that you trust? Satan will try to tell you that you can't believe or trust 
in the Lord. He'll tell you that God's tried to keep you from having things that you could be enjoying if you just forget about what God said about it. Luke eight sixteen through 18. Now, no one, after lighting a lamp, covers it over with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will be not be known and come to light. So take care how you listen, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. Talk about being at odds with God. Jonah 1, 2 through 3. Arise, God said, and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And so he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. Listen to this from the presence of the Lord. We are essentially fleeing from God in the same way that Jonah fled to Tarshish whenever we don't obey or heed and really take to heart what God has spoken to us. Fleeing from God's word causes us to live without his presence in our lives. Jonah fled out of the presence of the Lord. And when you turn your back on God's word and you go another way, he'll let you leave his presence. Yes, he'll still be there his, in his omnipresence, but that personal, close presence with him that you enjoyed when you had so much will be gone. And without his presence, you will not have his peace. And so as we close today, I want you to think about a few things here. Maybe you used to have his peace. Maybe it was just a part of your life just to walk in his peace and his goodness. But somehow one day you realized that that was gone, that you no longer sensed his presence in your life anymore. Maybe at first you didn't notice it, but now you realize it's missing. It's not there anymore. Well, let me tell you what to do when that happens. And if you're one of those people that that has happened to, that you were in his presence and now you're not, go back to the point where it started. Look back on your life and say, when did I first not sense his presence. And probably you're going to find there a choice that you made that was a wrong choice. A decision that you made that you knew was not the decision that God would have you make. And uh, the moment that you know, or when you know what God wanted to do, and you refuse to do it, because you see at that moment, you took out on a Jonah journey, you might call it. You began to separate yourself 
from his presence. Now, the way back into his presence is kind of a prodigal son thing, isn't it? You have to turn around and backtrack. Now, it could be that the opportunity that he gave you back then is totally gone. I understand that. And if that's the case, all you can do is repent and tell the Lord how sorry you are for not having done that, for having made that choice. And then receive his forgiveness and resolve that you're going to move on with him from this point on. But sometimes and many times that choice that you made back then is still hanging there waiting for you to come back and do the right way. And in that case, you go back and then you start right where you left off and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm going to do it. And then you just move forward with him. And as you do so, you will move back into the presence of the Lord. The prodigal son discovered that being out of his father's presence was not a good thing. He thought it was going to be a good thing, but he made a bad decision, didn't he? But when he turned and he went back, oh my, he was blessed more than he thought he ever could be. So uh, you go back to the point to where you parted company with your heavenly father, you apologize, and then you do what he told you to do. You start doing what he wants you to do now. You see, God wants to speak to us, but we have to be ready to hear and then to obey his word. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Let's just bow our heads for a moment of prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the ways that you love and you care for us. We ask this morning that you open our ears to hear you more. Help us to hear your words with an humble heart. Lord, we want to follow you and we desire to treasure your spoken word. Today, remind us of anything that you have spoken to us in the past that we may have forgotten. Empower us by your Holy Spirit to then heed and obey your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.